Hey guys, the original uh, episode 141 was published on October 17th, 2016. The following disclaimer and edit were published about a week later. So um, after we published the original episode, the manufacturer felt that there were some things that we didn't describe accurately or that we didn't describe uh, in a way that really made sense. So they wanted us to go back and make some changes. So one of the first things they mentioned was uh, when we discussed capacitance measurements in the episode, uh, we weren't really clear on the difference between the Audio Envy product and a conventional cable. So what they want you to know is that in a conventional cable, the shield measures about 30 picofarads, the lead measures about 10 picofarads, and the signal passes through the shield and the lead in a conventional design. In the Audio Envy cable, there are two leads that share a 4.2 picofarad capacitance. The shield measures about 12 picofarads of capacitance. Due to the nature of electricity taking the path of least resistance, the signal is diverted to the leads instead of going through the shield. Now there will be straight capacitance going through the shield. Uh, so this is why when Audio Envy does their calculations, they split the difference and raise the measurement to about eight picofarads. And this is why conventional measurement just doesn't work uh, with the cable per uh, Audio Envy. So later on in the episode, you're gonna hear some instrument demos that we did. Um, there's a bit of compression and distortion on it, probably just the nature of a hot electric guitar into an amp. Uh, but it was something that we didn't realize in the process of the recording. So Audio Envy provided the following demo so you can compare their cable against a Mogami cable. First, here's the Audio Envy cable. Now, here's a clip of the Mogami cable. If you'd like to hear these clips in, the, in their highest fidelity, check out the link in our show notes. Uh, and those links will take you to the high quality audio samples on the Audio Envy website. Make sure you listen to each clip a few times so you can really embed the sound of each cable into memory to make an accurate comparison between the two. Now, our audio samples start with a uh, Seymour Duncan humbucker equipped guitar running into a Fender Princeton Reverb reissue, which is a 12 watt tube amp. Uh, what we didn't think about at the time was, um, and we were reminded of this by the manufacturers that because humbuckers are notoriously mid-rangey, this would reduce the ability of our sound samples to accurately reflect the quality of the cable. Uh, we would have been better off using a, uh, a single coil equipped guitar. Maybe we should have pulled a Strat out or something. Uh, we just didn't think about it at the time. Our acoustic guitar demo was just all around uh, substandard recording. Uh, we just didn't really anticipate that. While the bass demo is decent, our decision to use the bridge pickup on the instrument limited the frequencies uh, that the pickup we're using again bridge pickup uh, which was something we probably should have thought about ahead of time but at the time like my thought process was just hey uh bridge pickup like it's going to be like a tighter sound and, and i was just thinking all in high end and not in low end even with that the bass demo you can still hear some differences in the uh lower register between the different cables we test out um, but that's just something to keep in mind as you listen as our listener base already knows, we always put effort into giving you our honest opinions on gear. 
Because Audio Envy felt some of our statements were not accurate and in turn did a disservice to educating our audience, we've gone through and redacted these statements. In instances where we remove something that disrupted the continuity of the episode, we replace it with an audio marker so you know why the flow of the episode changes there. At the end of the day, only your ears can determine whether or not your rig benefits from any particular piece of gear. If this episode makes you feel like you need a high-end cable, Audio Envy is definitely worth considering. Audio Envy wants you to know that their cables are made in the USA and that they put Americans to work. As the owner would say, Audio Envy, it's the sound you love. Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Stringjoy. If you're looking for handmade, all-American material strings, look no further than stringjoy.com. They've got a factory here in the United States that makes all of their strings. Oh yeah, and they own it. Um, if you go over to stringjoy.com, you can get some custom strings set up for you. Don't like nines? Don't like tens? How about a nine and a half? Don't like tens or elevens? How about a ten and a half? Yeah. They've got a pretty wide selection of strings available. And the guys over at Stringjoy, if you contact them, will help you select your strings for you. You tell them, oh, I'm playing a Telecaster for death metal in drop C. What strings should I get? They'll be like, oh, hmm, maybe something like this set here. Yeah. And uh, they'll well, give you a recommendation. They put together custom sets to fit your needs and help you have a more balanced string set on your guitar. I just installed my first set of Stringjoy strings on my uh, Hallmark Swiftwing today, and it feels good to me. I'm really stoked to use it live. I think I'm going to play it at church this Sunday, and I'm going to be giving some reports on how I feel about them. Cool. Hey, Ryan. How are you doing, man? I am great. How have you been? I'm good. Uh, we're going to do a, a totally different sort of thing here today, aren't yeah. we? We're not going to do any ads, and we're not going to do a uh, topic after the main thing that we... Or first we're we're we going to do. do a little what's new, and the what's new is going to take the whole episode. <laughs> well, I think we don't call this what's new. I think we just call it the topic. Uh, this is going to be a single topic episode Nothing else going on with it. Just dedicated to this one thing. And this one thing is this audio envy cable that was sent to us to kind of do a review of. Yeah, this is the uh, audio envy. I believe it's the NV10 is the model of the mm -hmm. cable. It's the guitar cable. It's the guitar cable. That's really all you need to know. Uh, yeah, they have a guitar cable and they have a bass cable. Uh, we're going to use this for bass as well tonight. Yeah, I was actually told that the guitar cable will work just fine for bass in, in terms of it's it's not like cut off or anything. Right, I right. Mean. So this was sent to us to review. Mm -hmm. uh, to do an unbiased review was the request. Yes. Uh, so we're going to do our very best to deliver on that. Uh, th this brand was, was making waves a few weeks ago yeah. on various different social media uh, groups. And uh, there's a lot of extraordinary claims, I'd say. Is that a fair way to put it? I would say that they are claims that you don't you you see occasionally on like the ultra high end like right. audiophile cable market, but you don't really see too often in the guitar cable market. There's a few brands that that make some of these claims. Um, every time I've but none like this. Every time I've seen a brand making these kind of claims about a cable. It's mm -hmm. been some kind of cable that looks like it's dipped in gold and it's in a bulletproof case at NAM, 
and it's seven thousand dollars. Right. This this cable is right around a hundred, right? Yeah. For this uh, length, for we have a sixteen foot cable from them. It's a, a right around. Uh, I think with everything thrown together, it's about ninety dollars. Okay. Yeah, and that's I think that's in a these days that's in a normal range for a custom length kind of uh you know premium cable yeah that's that is still consumer market you know sure it's sure. it's not outside the realm of possibility for someone who cares deeply about their cables to mm-hmm. spend a hundred dollars on a single cable if they are in the mindset of like this is going to be one of my main cables maybe i'll have two of these right uh and i'll be using it in studio or this will be like my go to uh you know live sort of thing or 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 whatever this is this is my cable and i don't have to justify why i have it sort of thing you right. know um, it's it's you know it's, two of these cables is cheaper than a lot of pedals these days right yeah yeah 100 and if you got a set of them you're looking at 180 dollars right you know, you put one before your TU2 and one after, I guess. I, I think that's really what piqued our interest is, wow, here's a cable that's got some extraordinary claims mm-hmm. attached to it, but then it's still accessible. So let's access it <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and see see what this is all about. So let's let's talk first. Um, yeah, you, yeah, you throw, can, throw you can the... go to the website and, and check it out. It's audioenvy.com. Uh, they use, uh, this is their technical claims. Basically, um, they use a proprietary conductor with equal distance and spacing for, uh, each conductor transfer the signal with higher efficiency, uh, highly pure OCC copper, um, which is something that actually, I think it's both a claim and it's something that, um, you see more in like audio, um, home theater grade cables, right, right. Where like. Um, there's a process by which copper can be extruded. I, I don't know if extruded is really the right word, um, but it's like ultra pure copper. And um, that's how they get some of the numbers that they get to be like really low. Huh. And we'll talk about that in a little. Um, sure. Uh, low D fiber insulates every conductor. So that's, um, a, I believe that's, I, I forget what that's uh, called. But Does it, low D mean low density? Possibly. Um, I know that there's a technology, I forget what it's called, again, that's used in, in home audio cables where they actually like coat each of the strands of copper uh-huh. in like Teflon Interesting. Or, or a material similar to that. Um, and what that does is it makes it so like the, ki- like the strands, I guess, are, are like a little, are stronger and it's supposed to like isolate them better. It gives like each individual strand, I think its own shielding. It, it was. There's a whole paper about it. Like this is actually oh, scientifically published uh, in the field of physics, okay, um, or metallurgy or whatever you whatever. But it's actually like peer reviewed, interesting uh, stuff. Same thing with the with the way OCC copper is made. Um, the outer jacket is ultralight. That's something I can say right now. The the weirdest thing about this cable is it's it a is 16 light. foot cable and it probably weighs about um, as much as like an eight foot cable. I I'm willing to say I. I... Like right off the bat, when I pulled this thing out of the packaging, when it showed up, like this thing feels really cool. Yeah. <laughs> like the the uh, the tactile sensation of holding this thing and working with it is is really is really interesting and and nice. I like it. It's got this. It's a thick cable. Like the cable itself is mm-hmm. is nice and thick. It's it's got this woven covering that I assume is some kind of nylon. Uh, 
feels pretty tough. Uh, but then it's also like, it's not heavy. It's super light and kind of spongy feeling. Yeah. And it's kind of got that feeling like if you're on a stage with this, it's never going to get tangled on itself sort of thing. Right. Like and, and I, and that's actually part of the way the design is supposed to work is that the cable won't kink. Right. So if you just like do a quick wrap and throw it in your bag, when you pull it out, it's just going to fall out. Right. Right. I, I think those features are really what impressed me with this table. We'll, yeah, we'll, the, we'll talk the, about the it. way it's it's woven. What it makes me think of is you know like your traditional like a I don't I don't it's not really tweed, but I always right, think like right. the Fender tweed cables. Yeah, yeah. Um, your cloth covered like the cloth covered cables. It looks like that, but then you pick it up and you no. realize that there's like no like the no pvc there's not that rubber shielding or whatever like inside yeah it's just i keep like, saying or whatever as if i'm not sure about what i'm talking about but it's yeah it's like uh it does it slides against itself like no friction right it doesn't bind on anything like vinyl feel sure or sure or uh you know this plasticky kind of feel it's very well, interesting like that's that low d fiber maybe or no, the outer jacket, it's, sorry, it says the outer jacket allows the cable to be lighter, more flexible than extruded PVC. So it is PVC I was thinking of. So it doesn't exactly say what it is. Um, but yeah, it's very flexible. It's very springy. Um, yeah. It's definitely, uh, I don't know if you, I don't want to say unique in like a bad way. It's, it's, it's just hard to explain. It doesn't really have an odor. <laughs> Should I taste it? <laughs> Steve is giving me this look like, what the hell are you doing? Doesn't really have a taste either. Oh, he's got a little bit of like. Do, do table do ca- do cables taste. normally have a? I have no idea. Going on? I mean, we're we're testing our senses with this thing. Thought I'd give it a go. <laughs> What's wrong with you? <laughs> I also like the plugs. The co- plugs are compact and uh, simple and sturdy. You know. There's... Yeah, they're amphenol plugs. So I mean, that is a plug that um, isn't. That isn't like a totally weirdo thing. Right. It's, you know, I like it. Uh, So should we get into some conversation about what numbers mean on this thing? Like what it means to have certain range of numbers or should we just get into playing around with it? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. That sounds good. No, no. I I gave you two options and you said yes. Oh, sorry. Can you, uh, I, I was writing something down. Okay. Uh, do we want to talk about what the numbers mean, or do we want to start playing with it? Um, I, I, I mean, I don't know. What, well, what, let's talk, let's talk about, about some of the claims. Sure. Uh, one of the big claims that stuck out to me that is something that I've always uh, somewhat scoffed at, but I understand that there's uh, certain sciences behind it that I may or may not understand for certain types of cables and certain types of applications mm-hmm. is that this cable is uh, marketed as being direct. Content removed. That's my understanding. Yeah, I, I think that's pretty um, that's pretty spot on but then with, it, with a conventional cable design. But again, this, this kind of goes back to this idea that um, – that this isn't like this is a new a new cable design that this is right. like a novel cable design that um but yeah i i've read the same things that you that you've been reading that uh other companies that make directional cables what they're actually making is a cable with um basically effectively two shields and right. one, one of those shields is only connected at at one end right 
and so it it rejects it basically is offers more noise rejection in one right. in it, one direction it than the bleeds other. off more of that noise before it gets to the end right. of the cable right uh, if you plug it in the correct direction where i've seen and uh i don't know if i honestly i didn't even see a lot of the stuff that went on with this thing on different gear groups sure i only heard about it but I've I've seen uh, different cable companies with the same claim about it being directional, make the claim that it uh, has to do with the actual like quality of sound that you get, not the amount of noise that you get. So they'll say mm-hmm. you know like going one direction, you'll definitely be able to hear that it'll sound better versus the other direction where it won't sound good at all. Right. Right. And I know, uh, I think the claim in the case of this cable is just that one direction offers a higher fidelity than the other. Um, and that in the other direction, so basically in one direction, it's like the optimum fidelity. And there are actually people uh, that it said that that will buy these cables and intentionally run them the wrong direction because they like the wear, uh, like the signal is kind of rolled off, the spots where it's rolled off, they think that sounds better. Interesting. Um, well, you know, electric guitar is all about, you know, Jack White units controlled controlled resistance and yeah. like doing things to your to your signal to uh to cause effects. Sure. So I if there is a perceivable difference to the user going one direction versus another, I could totally see someone mm-hmm. saying, "Yeah, I prefer it uh, the non-suggested way." Right. Um. So do we want to talk about the numbers? Do we want to yeah, take let's some talk measurements about, first? Let's talk about the numbers real quick so people know what we're comparing. Sure. Um, so so first up, we're going to look at um, this cable. We, Ryan went out and got a what's referred to as an LCR. It's a type of uh, multimeter. It's capable of measuring um, capacitance. So one of the claims that's made with this cable is that um, the leads uh, are at 4.3 picofarads per foot. Um, the average for the whole cable is 8.61 picofarads per, I believe that's also per foot. So what, Um, what, this is for capacitance, right? Capacitance. Capacitance. What, can you explain to me what that is? What does capacitance mean? Are you going to look it up real quick? Yeah. Like, Um, what does that mean for a guitar player? Uh, basically the, the general idea from what I've gathered is that, Capacitance um, is the ability of a system to store an electric charge. Um, so it's the ratio of the charge and electric charge in a system to the corresponding change in its electric potential. Look, I just read a definition off. The oh, internet. I thought that was in your own words. Um, no. <laughs> so so capacitance is measured in farads, and in the case of like a guitar cable, it's going to be measured in picofarads, which is is extremely low uh-huh. uh, value. Um, but basically. So what does it mean for a guitarist if your picofarads are too high? So the in general, like the higher your capacitance is, the more tone roll off you're going to get. The more like high end roll off you're going to get. Usually, um, the higher uh, the numbers are. The higher the numbers are. So the so lower you, the numbers are, the the clearer it's going to be. Right. Right. So I guess the idea to put to put it in like layman's terms, like the lower your capacitance is, the more of I guess more of your signal that's actually going to be passing through that's not going to be like blocked up. Right. Uh in a sense. And I say blocked up, that almost sounds like I'm talking about resistance all of a sudden. Um, but I think it's kind of the same idea. So a lot of times if you get like a really cheap cable, 
um, that has like a really high capacitance, um, then what you will experience is like some high end roll off uh-huh. or is well, it also, high end or low end roll off. I think that the most common way guitarists would run into this is by running a lot of very long cables. Right. Like if you are running, uh, you know, four 20 foot cables mm-hmm. to go to your board and then you have a loop going to your amp and then back to your board and then back to your amp again, uh, you're running all these lengths of cables and it's, you know, it's just a lot of, of footage, a lot of yardage for the, your signal to get yardage. through, you know? Uh, so I think that's where guitars really experience this. Not so much with, you know, one 16 foot cable versus another 16 foot cable. Right. And so you can kind of think of it, um, in terms of like you think about electric guitar, just the circuit itself, you have a capacitor on the tone pot Uh and the capacitor, um, basically gives you this idea of like, it changes the way that your tone pot, uh, kind of works. Um, so if you think about it in terms of that, like in, in electric guitar, the as a general rule, um, the higher your capacitor value, so the more farads, uh-huh. or in the case of like a guitar, you're probably talking about like uh, microfarads, um, then the darker your tone's going to be when your tone knob is rolled all the way off. So right. So f- less less farads, like a, a smaller number means then, brighter. Then that point is going to be brighter like so when your tone is at zero that zero is going to be brighter than it would be at a higher capacitance value so like 0.01 is going to be brighter than 0.1 right right so you can kind of apply like the same idea is golf is golf scores golf scores you want to get the low score you want to get the low score and you think about i just drop a sports you did (laughs) and so if you you think about cables in that way i mean mini golf rules oh my gosh so if you think about cables that way what you're actually like putting in your line is a fixed capacitor right something where you can't change what that value is so your goal is to either one Get, choose the cable with the lowest capacitance that you can hear the difference in or two find cables that w- sound that give you the sound you want so again like you a the a super dark like a, a high capacitance or a high value capacitor on a guitar might not be that useful if you're never rolling your tone all the way off to zero if you keep your tone at 10 you don't even like you might as well just take it out right right it out but you know, if it, you're at like 0.1 and you never go all the way back to zero, then you might be able to use like a different value, and then you have more throw across your range. Right. So in that case, like, like a selecting a higher capacitance cable could actually be almost, I guess, like a fixed EQ. Right. If if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. Did you get it, Ryan? I do get it. All right, I have great. I have a short story. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, so my my uncle is a audio uh, engineer mm-hmm. for companies that do uh, kind of big live shows and tours and stuff like that. He's toured with Jimmy Buffett and Melissa Etheridge and stuff. And he also, back in the seventies, used to work on WKRP in Cincinnati, the TV show. And he was telling me a while back ago that. Uh, to sync up all the cameras back then because everything was analog. Right. Those, uh, those early cameras, uh, 
you couldn't sync them up manually to run them all into the uh, the mixing room uh-huh. and have them all be on the same times. There wasn't a, right. there weren't computers. There weren't way to do these things. Uh, they were just like you were depending on these analog components, and things didn't line up. And so, literally, they had trailers out behind the studio, full of tons of coiled up cable for these things. Hmm. And if like a camera was, you know, like a like a, a fraction of a second ahead of another camera, they would just keep adding a hundred yards of cable, right, until the numbers got close enough that they could work with it. So they literally, they literally, you know, talking about lengths of cables and and what they do, it was literally them like trying to catch up with, you know, the speed of electricity Mm -hmm. just by adding miles and miles of cable (laughs) to, uh, to sync this up. So that's a story I just remember that kind of is in the same vein, but not really because it's having to do with camera signals Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus audio. Well, it's just, you know, it's again, it's the idea that like you can kind of like use, cabling to kind of like trick out things the way you want right right and for you each know, each camera they had to have a custom cable length to sync all the cameras together right which is just an incredible thing to think about right so so it's kind of funny because um just to think about cables in the big picture like you know on the one hand you've got guys who are like well if you're once you run more than 18 and a half feet Typically, 18 and a half foot is where you start to see, like, the roll-off where it's, like, really audible. Right, right. Uh, and that's where they say, like, okay, that's where you need to put a, make sure you have a buffer before you hit that point. So, uh, in the case of my pedal board, where's my buffer? I think, ooh, I don't know. Maybe I don't have one. Oh, I have an always-on boost. So, that, yeah, that, yeah, and that's second in my line, so that works like my buffer. Um, so... Uh, so it's a little more than 18 and a half feet for me, but I got it up there pretty, cl- pretty close. And um, so, so some guys say like, that's a point, but then it, it's interesting to me how at the same time, there's all these guys who are all about like the 10 or 15 foot coily cable, yeah, even to run it direct. And they're like, oh yeah, there's just something about the coil cable that like, it makes my tone really warm. I'm like, that's because you've got a 10 foot cable. That's that, actually that's 50 actually feet. Like, yeah. That's actually like 30 <laughs> feet long or whatever. So you're just like, it's a fixed length of cable that is like, it's an e, it's a fixed right, EQ right. for your signal. Yeah. The, my issue is like, people are always like, oh, you know, this, this and that you're going to lose high end. I have never once been accused of n- of not being bright yeah my signal is always too bright uh so i don't worry about these things but if you worry about them let's uh let's pause and set up and actually put this thing through some paces and see if uh we'll see if we can tell a difference here in the room i'm going to be recording it with my uh, cascade fathead ribbon mic here yeah and so uh, it's totally possible that you guys at home will be able to hear it well, this well, is we going to be hear it in the room. This is going to be bumped down to podcast audio quality. I thought you've been uploading them pretty high, though. It's still, it's still an MP3. Oh, okay. Um, it's again, it's going to be MP3 quality. You know, when I uploaded my whatever. audio samples to the Facebook group, those were all in uncompressed wave files, Ryan. Uh, but how long was yours? Uh, one minute thirty seconds. Yeah, this is already at twenty-four minutes. So mine was eight megabytes. If we if we did this as uncompressed wave or whatever other uncompressed file, people wouldn't be able to fit it on their phones, and it would take me a day and a half to upload it. It would only be four hundred and eighty megabytes, Ryan. Still, that's way too long. <laughs> that's by that's... now. We're gonna go longer here, Steve. 
All right, let's pause and get set up. All right. All right, so we're set up here. I'm using the uh, the Titan by Cower uh, with the humbuckers in it. Yep. They are Seymour Duncans, I believe. I forget the model number. Um, we're running into my Princeton Reverb, mic'd with the Cascade Fathead ribbon mic, and there's nothing in between, no pedals. So, so this is this is effectively like the same setup that you do for like the Gas and Go demos, right? Yeah. Oh well, uh, no, because usually there's a pedal in between. Well, but I mean, in terms of like the amps and the right. mic and the guitar, like exactly, exactly. This is a very standard setup for me. I even have the EQ on the amp set about how I like it with the the bass maxed out and then the treble kind of in the middle mm -hmm. because uh, that gives you uh, it doesn't suck the mids so much. Sure, it gives you a little bit more mid presence mm -hmm. in my experience. Uh, reverb is all the way down, even though there's a, there's a little splash because it's a Princeton reverb. <laughs> There's a little bit of splash on the back end of that. Uh, so this is basically... Content removed. So this is basically what is within our capacity was to provide a uh, what we considered a working man setup, something that you might go to the club or your local honky-tonk or whatever, and this would be like well, a kind of rig that you might see set up. This is a standard, accessible, you know, we're not doing anything fancy or special here. We're right. not using amps that no one could get... This is a two and, and at the flip side, we're not like just pulling out a crate MX fifteen exactly. and throwing and a, a regular and a, shack mic and on a it. mini squire. Right. You know. So that is with the audio NV cable plugged in the way that it's supposed to be, running the direction it's supposed to run. Right. Let's swap it real quick. I'm trying my best to keep my my strumming hand over the the neck pickup. Mm -hmm. So that was with the cable plugged in backwards. Mm -hmm. Were you able to detect a difference? I feel like something sounded a little different, but then I don't know. How consistent do you think your playing is? Let me ask you that. I think it's relatively consistent. I'm not digging in deep right now. I'm. This is kind of like I'm not playing light, but I'm not playing heavy. Sort of thing. Right, and it's it's that's the one thing I guess think that's kind of tough with the Princeton Reverb is if you dig in really at all with this guy, it, it gets dirty. It's quick. on three right now. I don't think we're at risk of getting dirty. Let, okay. me, let me dig in hard. <laughs> That like, definitely sounds dirty to me. There's a little bit of hair on the edges. I think it's enough that, like, that's... Go ahead. That That's kind of... But that's what I mean. Like, I feel like as soon as you're... At that point, you're definitely inducing, like, amp compression. Oh, sure. I mean, you're already getting a little bit of amp compression, even amp. Light, lightly, but, you know, what can you do? All right, let's swap it again. I I don't detect a difference. It'll be interesting. You know, I wish I could just listen to it on headphones like over and over again. I feel like when you're running it directionally, 
there's... By the way, this is with it plugged yeah. in the, the direction it's supposed to go. Right. Uh, right now. I feel like there's a little... In my head, what it sounds like is that when you switch it, when you're running it backwards, that there might be more highs. But I think what it might actually be is when you're running it backwards, there's less lows. I feel like I'm hearing a little bit of something. I don't know, man. I'm the one playing it, and I I don't detect a difference. My ears are potentially shot yeah. more than yours. How many how many dinosaur ghost shows have you played? I think it's more the fact that I've stood next to our church's drummer and his china symbols more than you. Uh, because when I play my shows, my amp is pointed at the back of my knees. Uh, yeah, but then how close are you to your drummer? Not usually with, that with close. With those shows. Not usually that close. Or your venue is a lot smaller. No, I can tell you I've been in the most pain standing next to a church drummer. All right. <laughs> but honestly, I, you know. Oh, we, did you see our new cage? I did. It's tinted. We'll talk about this some other time. Talk about this last episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're recording in reverse tonight. Uh, let's plug in some other cables. Sure. Uh, and then we'll move on to some other instruments. So right here we've got essentially... The cheapest of the cheap Radio Shack style cable. Yeah, this is a cable that came to us with the Eastwood and Airline guitars. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that gets thrown in for the person who's bought their first guitar and uh, may or may not have. I'm picking up noise right away. So so right off the bat, and this is the same thing in that recording I made. Uh Uh-huh. Where I I basically, I made four recordings, and I asked people to say, which one of these do you prefer? Basically, what I threw it as is, oh, I'm trying different EQ setups. But really what I was doing is I ran the cable in the proper direction, the cable in the reverse direction, a Planet Waves cable, and the Radio Shack cable. Yeah. Nobody picked the Radio Shack cable. What you can hear right away is this thing does not reject Here, any tur- noise. Turn turn off the uh, fluorescence real quick. Wow, it didn't make a difference. Turn it back on. That's an LED. You can try that if you want. I don't. I don't even know where that switch There's is. There's a pole chain next to that cable hanging down. No, that's not it. Turn it back on. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna be in the dark, Steve. No, no difference. That is, it is picking up just the electricity of the universe. It's an antenna. Yeah. When I heard it on mine, I thought it might have been because, um, you know, I'm recording in my room on a laptop. Right. So I'm getting a laptop computer noise. It could even just be picking up. Oh, I, when I lifted it up off the ground, things changed. Anyway, the point being, this thing's garbage. Yeah, yeah this it's not insulated or, or shielded at all. It is, you know, this is as close as you can get to the whole, like, clothesline myth. Sure. Yeah, you know, the, the uh, clothes hanger myth. You right. Know? So let's hear it. It passes a signal, but that noise is like a is a no deal for yeah, me. Yeah, the noise is a no deal. And honestly, like in the recordings that I made, um, that was the one where it was the easiest. Uh, you there was a definite loss of fidelity with, sure, with sure. that. Now let's try uh, let's try the sinusoid. We, All right, we actually uh, we called up the guys at Sinusoid and got permission to do this. We didn't want to uh, do a comparison with uh, 
a, a cable that is basically they're they've been a sponsor of us in the past, and this potentially could be a sponsor of us again. Yeah. So so Sinusoid is a, is another uh, high end. Audio, uh, guitar cable yeah, manufacturer. Lots of custom options. Um, the cables that we have use Neutrik plugs, which I mean Neutrik, Amphenol. Uh, I think a lot of guys would just say that that just comes down to your preference. Uh, this is definitely a more heavier duty feeling cable. Yeah. Um, it feels industrial. Yeah. It, so honestly, like when we've talked about this before, for my taste, like it's a little too heavy duty. Huh. Like something about it just feels a little heavier than I, I'm it's not like it, it right. makes me think it's bad. But it's just is, more than I want to deal this with. This is one of their options. They have tons and tons yeah. of cable options and jack options. Yeah, if they're, I'm sure if I all kinds if of I things. called them up and said, hey, I want something, something more lightweight, light like they, they'd have a recommendation. They want something, you want something that feels like a, uh, a soft, perfectly cooked spaghetti noodle. Yeah, yeah. That would, uh, they might be, able to that get, would be pretty good. Might be able to hook you up. Um, so let's hear this thing real quick. And... Plug this thing in, no noise. Obviously, we shielded way better than this, this Radio Shack cable. Everything is. I mean, let's be honest. Now let's switch to the uh, Audio NV real quick. Audio NV cable plugged in the correct direction. I mean, they sound indistinguishable to me. Right. Um, like, yeah. I again, I feel like I might be able to hear something, but then I, you know, I don't know how much of that is. I maybe I just want to hear something. You know, I I have to be honest. Content removed is what I'm saying. Right. So for you, would you say, okay, I guess first of all, do you think that this this cable is a good cable for the price? I think it's a fine cable for the price. Okay. Do you think that there is a discernible difference between other high end cables that you've used? Not in audio quality, but in tactile quality, I'd say that if this is what you're going for, then there, you should have no problem buying this. Okay. Any other comments? That's all I've got for now. Did, did you want to plug in a bass? Well, we'll, we'll go to that. I just kind of want to wrap, uh, put a bow on the electric guitar portion Okay, okay. Of it. Sure, sure, sure. Um, I think just being here listening and doing all your cable swapping for you, um, what I would say is there were moments where I felt like I could hear a difference in the directionality. Interesting. Um. I felt like between this cable and the sinusoid cable, there may have been a small difference, but you know that could have been something in your playing. It could have been the cable. I don't really know. Yeah. Uh, again, I did. I posted audio recordings of my own playing, which uh, I did my best when I recorded to to play evenly, and it's all strumming. It's just two chords back and forth, basically. Yeah. Uh, with my uh, Godin radiator. I posted on the Facebook group in two different groups, and guys were saying that they felt like they could hear a difference between um, the two directions and a Planet Waves cable that I was using huh. uh, in the comparison. So and that was in a recording setting. I will say that this cable, the Audio Envy cable, compared to 
Well, obviously the Radio Shack cable. <laughs> and that thing's a joke. I should really and, and throw also, this away at the end of the night. And also, even the Planet Waves cable, uh, I thought was noisier um, than the Audio Envy cable was in the setting that I was using. Right. Uh, I don't when even, I was doing my recording. I don't even know if I want to. We'll we'll measure the Planet Waves cable. Right. We we don't. I don't even feel like playing around with. We it. don't have to mess around with it. I was just because I I was messing around with it before. Uh, I thought I'd bring that up. So let's take a pause. And actually, instead of doing bass, let's do acoustic guitar first. Okay. Okay, so now we've got the acoustic set up. Steve has his acoustic that has... Uh, you put in that that like pickup, right? Yeah, so it, it's just got a GFS under saddle, and it's got a little microphone in it, so it's going to be blended between the two. Uh, this is pretty typical for the setup that I use for church. Yeah. Um, except I normally run to a PA, and tonight what we're using is a Polytone 101 uh, custom bass amp. It's a yeah. one by fifteen. It's a great two big... by eight. It's a big hundred and thirty watt uh, bass kind of from bass amp from a jazz company. So it's a very neutral response. Yeah. Thought it would be pretty good for an acoustic guitar, and if we have time, maybe we'll do like a real fast bass thing. I don't know. Um, I no. think we should do a little bit of bass. So anyway, real quick, I'm I'm just gonna do a couple strummy things and then a, a couple big chords. Sure. And then we'll switch up. So this is the audio envy in the proper direction. Steve is switching the direction of the cable. So far, nothing has exploded. I don't. I don't hear any difference. I don't know. I. I think I'm hearing something. I think there's the mid response is different. When it's turned around, you think the mid response is? I think the mid response is different. I don't know, man. I I really do not detect a difference. All right, at I'm all. gonna make that big G strum, and then we're going to switch up the direction of the cable again, just so you can hear the first one again. Sure. And then we will try a different cable. Steve is playing acoustic guitar. He's plugging it in, in the proper direction. Content removed. All right, let's try, uh, let's try the sinusoid real quick. We'll skip the Radio Shack cable, because let's be honest, we know it's just going to be noisy. I feel like it sounds pretty good. Uh, they all—they both sound good. I'm not saying any of them sound <laughs> bad. I—I'm feeling a little crazy now because I feel like I'm actually—it sounds a little brighter now. Well, but then the response would be like maybe it is sounding a little brighter, and the re—the reason for that is maybe this cable has a little less low-end response. Yeah, maybe. 
So you're perceiving the highs as being, you're perceiving more brightness, but what you're actually hearing is less low end. I don't know. Let's uh, let's let's switch to bass. I'm gonna pause it and we'll switch to bass. Okay, now we have the Eastwood bass plugged in to the polytone bass amp. Yep. With the sinusoid, I mean, with the audio envy cable plugged in in the correct direction. Correct. And that's on the, br the on the bridge pickup. This this is on the bridge pickup. Um, I think it's the more modern sounding of the two pickups, so that, that's why I decided to go with. Sure. Right, let's switch it up. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a bass to me. All right, now the audio and video cable is plugged in backwards, the not recommended direction. Steve? I feel like with the bass, the, the things I thought I was hearing with the guitar aren't uh, there with the bass. So uh, let's send it. I'm going to play something real quick, and then let's set it back to the right direction, air quotes, right direction, the recommended direction. I'll do something real quick there, and then we'll try uh, sure. another cable. Let's swap it. I always like to imagine whenever we're doing like any sort of demo uh -huh. on an episode that somebody like is walking by and they've stopped to listen and they're just going, they're like, are those guys ever going to finish the song? <laughs> you mean walking by my house? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't hear any difference at all with the bass. I don't know what to tell you. Let's try the, the sinusoid. Content removed. Right. Yeah, that's true. Unless the bass just has so so much bass. So much bass. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm saying like if, right, the, right. if the bass has so little brightness to, that, right. that you might not notice a change in the bass. To me, it sounds effectively the same too. Um, and so you know, 
the polytones can be kind of an old school sounding bass amp. I thought we would be able to hear it with it if there was something there. Um, I mean, you know, I guess you could make the argument that unless you're running like a fan, like an Avalon preamp into like some high end power amp, you know, with a 1500 watt rig or something that you're not getting enough uh, power in there to, to get those low lows. Right, I, I right. Don't know. Uh, this was a rig that I used with your favorite band a ton. It yeah. was enough power for the places we played, so I figured it was a good thing to to try tonight. All right, let's uh, let's pack up the guitars and then let's bust out the meter and get some numbers on these cables and just do some final thoughts. So now we're gonna do some numbers testing. Yeah, uh, like I said earlier, you got this is the Radio Shack True RMS digital multimeter. I went and picked this up today. I'm keeping the receipt because I'm planning on returning it. Dang, dude. Yeah. Well, it was like 60 bucks or something. Yep. So uh, this thing will measure down. The lowest setting it has is um, four, uh, four nanofarads. So it'll measure down into the picofarad range. Um, it goes low enough for, I think, what we need to do. Sure. Seems adequate. Um, I did some messing around with it earlier. So it definitely... Um, Seems like it will do what we need to do. Right. It gets you the it gets you numbers in the ranges that uh, you should be getting with these. Yeah. So um, the claimed capacitance from Audio Envy uh, for the average, which uh, I think it's it's supposed to take everything into um, consideration, is eight point six one picofarads. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So let's get this thing set up. Uh, Um, okay, let's see. Stupid cable keeps moving around. <laughs> All right. Uh so I'm I'm pulling a number of 290. So we're going to subtract out the leads because the or not the leads but the plugs because the plugs themselves have an inherent uh capacitance to them. Okay. Uh, and when all these cable... Are we going to give the same uh, numbers to the plugs used on other yeah, cables? Yeah, so we're taking out 20 picofarad. Uh, we're we're going to do that for all of them. Okay. Um, so with the Audio Envy, I'm measuring 290. Um, the After you take out the 20, it's 270. It's a 16-foot cable, so that gives us a, a capacitance of 16.87. So basically, you divide it by each foot, right? Each foot. So okay. 16.7 picofarad per foot. Now, when I talked to um, the guy who runs Audio Envy before, he said that because of the way this cable is designed, uh, standard measurement on the plugs is different. So he says that in order to get a true number, you actually have to divide a plug measurement by two. Uh, so, okay. so that would actually give us a number of 8.43 picofarad, which would line up with their claims. Well, aren't their claims lower than that still? No, their claim is that their, your average is it was 8.61. Oh, okay. Because they're talking about like just the lead itself. And again, I think this goes back to the idea that this cable is designed like completely is designed differently. I know one of the things that he has said is that like if I I mean, I can build a cable if you gave me like raw cable and plugs, I could build a cable in like 15 minutes. Right. Um, but he said that when he took someone like who's like never seen his process before and said and tried to like walk them through it it takes them like four hours to do it he said even for him to build it like it takes like i want to say half an hour an hour huh. to build like each cable interesting and it has to do with the fact that it's like a completely 
novel. So thing. he wants he wants it to be measured by by he wants it to be cut in half because he wants it just to be measured by just the lead cable going through it. Um, not the shield or the ground. Let me see if I can I can pull up. Um. Yeah, he says like he says that the way that we're measuring it, you're actually measuring the shield. You're not measuring the lead. So uh, if you take that number and uh, divide it by two, then you're getting mathematically closer to then, what their real number is. But then is. when you're using content removed, I don't know. The, the client, that, that's something that that's something that people on the group or wherever else can debate. Yeah, uh, it sounds like there's this is claims wrapped up in that number that i mean i, I guess that i don't understand maybe someone I, else i does. don't fully understand it either i guess the claim would be that because you're sending signal through the lead and not through the shield but what you're measuring is actually actually the shield uh because of the way the design is that you're not getting a true measurement again i don't i don't know this and this is something where because of the way the design is like um you know, you open it up and everything's like super wrapped up, really tidy, and we're not going to take it apart. Yeah, we're, anything, we actually you know. signed a thing saying we wouldn't take it apart for this yeah. review. So we're not going to um, do that. So either way, uh, we're either looking at a, a number of effectively sixteen point nine or eight point four, um, and we can, like I said, like I I know you're saying like you feel more comfortable with I think with sixteen point nine, and I'm saying well eight point four is the number that I've been told is more accurate. Content removed. That's what I would think as well. Um, but again, maybe someone who understands this stuff. I know the guy who builds these, he's like spent a lot of time developing the technology. So, right. You know, I don't know. Um, so, anyway, let's keep going. Uh, let's pull out the sinusoid cable. Let's get some measurements on that. So, let me reset this thing and get the cable out. All right, so we're looking at 350 picofarads on a 15-foot cable. We take out the plugs again, so 330 divided by 15 feet, and we're looking at about 22 picofarads, which this is right on the mark for what they claim. That's uh, their advertised. I believe that is their advertised value. Um, and they're, they're not saying that we need to divide that in half or anything. No, they're saying that that is, that is, their, that is their signature slate. Uh, the the cable they use, I, I'm I'm not sure where it's made, um, or rather, like I, I'm not sure if it's like another brand or if it's custom build, but I know that that is. Uh, I think they're actually spec'd at, um, I want to say twenty uh -huh. picofarad, uh, but twenty twenty two again, Close like enough. we're we're using a Radio Shack thing here. Hey, that thing and, cost me sixty bucks. Really? Yeah. Dang, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to return it. I said that earlier. Yeah. Um, where's their... Oh, that's what I want to see. Uh, oh, th so they actually... They claim 25 picofarad per foot. So it tests better than what they said. Yeah. Now, okay. you know, it's possible that for some reason... There's uh, some variance on our There's side. some variance. Maybe ours isn't exactly 15. Maybe it's a little longer, a little shorter. Right, right. R this is... 22 versus 25, that's a number that, you know, sure, it could sure. be a map. A ma Content removed. Is that perceivable? Can, can people out there tell us on our Facebook group or anywhere else 
uh, if you can perceive that measurement of a difference in uh, in a component. Yeah. Um, so the last cable up, uh, let's take a look at this 20 foot planet waves cable that you've been using for years. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, this oh, thing you know, is beat to heck. And this is actually a different cable than the one that I was thinking. It, I, I, this is the first time I'll look closely because I know you used to use the banana plug one. Right. This, this is their much cheaper, uh, smaller jack version. I have the, the beefier planet wave cables. This is one I threw into the mix just as like, here's a very consumer friendly. This is like an $18 cable, you know? All right, so this one is measuring out at about um, 690 picofarads. Uh, again, take out 20 for the plug, so 670. You divide that by 20, and you're looking at th uh, 33 and a half picofarads. So in okay. that case, like you're actually looking at a, a significant difference right. over. Um, and I think that's I think that's telling that it is so close on these two what we would call you know more premium cables you're definitely paying more for them and effectively this thing is all the, the this planet waves cable is almost twice as much as the audio envy cable as far as the uh the capacitance goes yeah all right let's just do one more for fun we've got the radio shack cable let's um, do it i originally hadn't planned on doing this but we'll do it anyway the Radio Shack cable comes in at 22 or 226. How long is this thing? Uh, picofarads. You take out the uh, 20 picofarads for thing. I've been assuming that that's about an eight foot cable. Does that look about like yeah. eight feet to you? So, eight foot cable. That's eight feet. Um, so, we're looking at 206 divided by eight. And we're actually looking at 25.75 no picofarads. It's because the there's no cable. shielding in the way. That is actually <laughs> my, I had the exact same thought is that this thing is so poorly shielded right. that there's no like capacitance uh, because like the capacitance is low because there's no interaction between the shield right. and uh, the, the lead. But maybe if you're in a, an environment that somehow happens to be like, say you're recording in a Faraday cage. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this might be an affordable option for getting... If you're recording in a Faraday cage... <laughs> you probably have the budget you're for using, cable. You're probably using, like, gold fiber <laughs> cables. <laughs> right, right. Well, if you're recording in a Faraday cage, you're probably recording uh, some kind of manifesto against, you know, the lizard government. Oh, my gosh. A conspiracy theorist. Oh, pour me some beer too, Steve. Steve got. Uh, we're doing this late in the show, but Steve got uh, some a growler of beer from Rough Draft Brewing here in yeah, town. It's their Sausage Fest Lager, which is the, basically their uh, Oktoberfest. Oktoberfest. It's a Marzen uh, style, from what I understand. I'm doing some nice couple, pour, Steve. Doing a couple terrible. You pours really here. nailed the head. I mean, you've got more head than beer. It's beautiful for head lovers. This is like an optimum pour. <laughs> It's because I'm not holding the glass. I'm you know, this with you the pour a bunch of head, and in theory, that'll keep your beer colder for longer because it's like insulation on the top. Is that really a thing? That's what they say bubble baths are for. Weird. Like the bubbles keep your... Uh, your bath warm? Your bath warm because it's insulation. That's got to be so noisy. All right. Um, no, no, we got the dynamics tonight. Okay. All right. So I, I, am, are we, I think we're pretty much ready to wrap this up. Yeah, let's do final let's thoughts. Let's do some final thoughts. Um... My first final thought is there's definitely a difference between 
really cheap cables and uh-huh. middle, even middle of the road cables and really high quality cables. Right. Um, some of that difference might be audio. Some of it might just be the feel. I've always thought Planet Wave cables, like all the ones I've used now, I know they're American series ones. I've seen art look like they're built a lot better. Right, right. But they're consumer market grade cables, like what we've got here. I always just thought they looked gross. They yeah, felt yeah. gross. Everything about them was gross. I mean, they're very, they're very accessible, like very affordable. Like you can't really expect anything out of them other than for them to just function. Right. And that's, that's all it is. Uh, I think the, the sinusoid and the, uh, and the audio envy, audio envy being so close is appropriate for their price points. They're both yeah. very close in price point. Uh, I think the thing that really, you know, raises eyebrows content removed, uh, you know, it, it's a cable. It's around a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It feels nice. Uh, it has some physical qualities that I think are, you know, I think are useful for people who want them. If you're going to, if that's what you need out of a cable, then, then the price is fine. Yeah, I would say, I would definitely say on that end that you're not going to get a cable that you're not going to like. Right. I, I, I don't think, I don't, th- in the, I'm saying in the, in the price point, no one's getting ripped off by this thing. Uh, the numbers seem fine to me. The sound seemed just fine to me. I, I couldn't detect a difference between that and the sinusoid, but they're in the same price point for the most part. So I would hope that I wouldn't be able to tell a difference. Um, Content removed. Um, and along those lines, I, I think some of the some of the reviews I've read that have been like independent reviews on the audio envy cable um seem like it's a cable that again, like I felt like I was hearing subtle differences, but nothing where I was like content removed. Well, and it also if you're like the two of us, you're you know, your ability to hear sounds above 20K might not be the very good. <laughs> your ears might have been compromised or a long your, time ago. Your ability to hear things below, like, I don't know, 40 or 50 hertz might not be too great either. Right, right. Um, I will say, like, I did the recording and I tried to do uh, my best to replicate it. And when I did that recording, it was just cables directly into the interface. So there is nothing. No amp. Uh, the interface, of course, is going to have some coloration on its own, but I tried to you know, uh, just go direct with that. And some guys said that they felt like in the recording, they could hear differences. We used a Princeton reverb tonight. We used this big polytone one Oh one. Um, the differences we were hearing were in my case, like I said, or like you said, you said you really couldn't hear anything that there was, I, there was one time you thought you maybe heard something with the acoustic. I was like content removed. Of, of course the counter also could be that my kids guitar isn't really that good. I don't know. Like, uh, if you're using these in a studio environment, you're going to be recording all kinds of different things. Right. Um, so, I, I mean, I, it, it's I, like if you use this as a cable in between, you know, a microphone picking up someone hitting a wood block or something like that, how is a wood block higher or lesser quality than another wood block? You know, it's like you're just, it's about, it's about well, trans. P- pine versus mahogany. It's all about, it doesn't, what I'm saying is it doesn't matter the the source of the signal it matters the difference in comparing that source through the cable yes 
for the practical for the practical purposes, yes. However, um, I th- I think you could make the argument that like a Olsen or you know even like a high end like a custom custom or a limited edition tailor is going to have a much different tonal profile. Oh sure. Than than my acoustic guitar will have, and be- so because it's a more full range capable instrument that maybe that could be part of the limitation because let's, let's be because honest your, your bottle you know there's always going to be a bottleneck somewhere is it yeah. your pa is is it your cable so the goal with audio envy is to say that like if you have a bottleneck it's no longer your cable yeah. now with the rigs that we're we're using whether it was the seymour duncan humbuckers the general design of the eastwood bass the limitations of my acoustic guitar uh, the general boxy sound, mid scooped boxy sound of a of a Fender Blackface reissue, or just a old jazz amp. Like maybe there are limitations built in. To put a bow on it, I would say that I don't think we could do anything conclusive with the gear that we have. I I think this is something that maybe a studio engineer would be able to set up very specific circumstances and then take very precise measurements. Right. Like, Oh, here it is. And then pull up two audio examples back to back through their high grade studio monitors and be like, can you perceive the difference? And then it might be a lot clearer then Mm -hmm. this is getting turned into an MP3. Uh, We have the equipment that we have. We're not studio engineers. I feel that we've done our due diligence. How do you feel, Steve? Yeah, I think we've done the best that we could uh, in this format to uh, to talk about this and to talk about everything that's gone on. So and I, f- um, I feel like we've been fair. We've been unbiased. We have been open-minded. Mm-hmm. And we've uh, done our best to explore the technical specs as best we can. Yeah. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed this. I hope you learned something, even if you just learned something from hearing about, you know, discussion about the numbers and what goes into, uh, you know, what's going on with your cables. I mean, I feel like I barely understand it. Steve seems to have more knowledge than me, uh, but it's definitely, that's because I did my due diligence. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting uh, topic, and I hope this, you know, this ended up being a full hour. I'm sure. I hope it didn't drag on too long for you guys and you were riveted on the edge of your seat. Uh, big thanks to our sponsor. Stringjoy. Yeah, thanks, Stringjoy. You've been at this so long, I forgot that we were recording a regular sponsored episode. <laughs> yeah, go check out Stringjoy. Completely custom sets. Uh, you could come up with your dream set if you have something in your mind and you just haven't been able to build it elsewhere. Or you could tell them what you have and what your problems have been and they will come up with a custom set for you that will address whatever whatever issues you have been running into with your strings. Uh, I've got a set on my Hallmark swept ring right now that is uh, optimized to reduce string breakage on my higher strings. So I'm looking forward to putting those to their paces. And also the rest of the strings are formulated to be more balanced. So I'm interested to see what that's all about. Uh, go check them out. Stringjoy.com, right? Yep. Um, this week's song is brought to you by Neil Nation. Uh, he said this is an all instrumentation piece, uh, recorded in a home studio with Logic Pro. Guitars ran direct through Waves GTR, uh, initially as a test, but ended up really liking it. The guitar is an Agile AL3000 with a Seymour Duncan Pearly Gates bridge pickup. 
uh, he says, um, for Steve and his milky thighs, lol. <laughs> what? I have no idea. Um, I mean, you do have milky thighs. Do I? I mean, look at him, Steve. I'm wearing pants. Uh, so anyway, um, this tune is called Tasty Licks because when he wrote it, he thought it was the bomb.com, which means he wrote this in like 2006. <laughs> thanks for the song, Neil. Um, and guys, thanks for listening. If you, you know, I want to throw one last thing out there. If you've ever purchased a cable and found that it was just a huge upgrade to your system, sonically, uh, tonally, quality, whatever, in a way that you went from like, man, my old cables were junk. This new cable is making all the difference. I'd love to hear your story. Sure. Uh, email us at 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Yep.